0: Now get ready for the hottest talk show of the
1: year, Crime Time Live, with your host, renowned attorney Scott Weinberg, brought to you by Clear Channel Radio and TalkZone.com. Discuss all the sizzling hot case-making headline news today, and how you can protect your rights. And now, here's your host, Scott Weinberg.
2: Good morning, America.
1: It's a little cloudy day out
2: there today. Well, we are bright and sunny, and shining on your rights here at Clear Channel Radio at thirteen ten AM here in Detroit. And here to you nationally syndicated now across the web on talkzone.com you can go to our website and listen to all the podcasts on weinbergonthelaw.com oh I love having that little site weinbergonthelaw we'll give you all the previous shows but you can listen to it on talkzone.com all the people we've interviewed about your rights trying to, trying to protect you uh, basically from what the government is trying to do to us is it unbelievable How every week we come here, every single week, we come here and we talk about what's going on in the news around the country, and it's unbelievable how every week there's a different government official that gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar. I don't know what happens, whether it's from Kwame Kilpatrick in Detroit, or whether it's from Blago, our favorite pal in Chicago. But now we've got another one? It it's it can't be it can't be true that the now ex mayor in New Jersey got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. What is it? What is it about our rights that we believe we can get into control? We believe that we can we can get into power and we believe that now we have a right to take advantage of other people. I don't understand. Why do people take the time to get elected so that they can be powerful and then throw it all away in an instance of greed? And that's exactly what happened in New Jersey. And when we saw it happen in Detroit with Kwame... We saw it happen with Spitzer in New York. We saw it happen with so many people in our government that will simply get into office and let their immoral acts of greed, of immorality regarding sex, of abuse, take over their lives. I don't know, I just, I'm always amazed at what happens in this country every single week where our government, our government not only is organized, but now controlled by people that are uncontrollable. That just is always amazing to me. I want to get to the news. You know, we talked last week about what was going on in Flint and the, uh, the, the, the wrath of someone trying—they were looking for obviously the the killer that they've now found. It's it it's it's just incredible the kind of police force that we have that they can find these people around the country. Elias uh, Abu Lazam, the man accused of killing five Flint area men as part of a multi-state stabbing spree, was just not in Flint. Was around the country. Agreed today to be extradited from Atlanta. To Michigan to face charges you know they found him but it's not just the easiest process to get someone extradited I mean here on crime time live we talk about all the different things you need to protect yourself but you know if you are in another state you have rights you have rights to being prevented from just being taken to another state that's called extradition and you basically have a right to under the law, to be able to have a hearing on whether or not you should be dragged in chains without bond to a different state. Now, they don't have to prove that what you did was beyond a reasonable doubt. They're not proving the crime, but they have to prove that there are actual charges. And sometimes it can be really easy to do. Sometimes it's where they simply have to just get proof that there's a warrant in another state, and you agree to extradition. You sign a piece of paper. You're in Pennsylvania. You might have a friend of the court warrant out of Michigan for $10,000, and they want to drag your butt back. Other times, it could be a rape charge, and you're falsely accused of doing something in a different state, and they find you, and they want to drag you back. Well, you know, I don't know if you want to go back in chains, you want to be able to go back on your own volition. You want to be able to get a bond in that state and say, listen, I don't even know about the charge. And it's false. But I don't even know about it. Give me a bond and I'll show back up there. So you have a right to a hearing in the different state. It's called an extradition hearing. And many people don't realize that. So what they'll do is they'll just sign a piece of paper and they'll give up their right to have the hearing and they'll go back. So you always got to be aware that you have that right, but quite frankly, it sounds like this alleged slasher was giving up his rights. He decided during early hearing not to fight extradition, which I'm sure everybody's happy about. And his uh, basically his lawyer was saying not that he didn't do it, but that he is not giving up his he's giving up his right to prevent him from coming back. And they're going to bring him back to Michigan. I'm sure there's other states. That want him too. You know, the interesting thing about this case, remember last week we were talking about whether or not he fit the description, or whether that's someone, what was the description of this slasher in Flint? And it sounds like he might not fit that exact description. So we'll see whether or not what evidence they have that he's the guy. If you want to join this conversation, you obviously can call us at 1 800 7100 law. That's 1 800 7100 L-A-W, across the net. And one of the uh, one of the things we want to get to here are your questions and our question for the day. You know, we always want to be able to get your rights, but we want to be able to focus on what is going on in the country too. And getting back to our government officials, is there too much, and this is the question of the day, I want you to call me, is there too much temptation for officials today to commit crimes when they're in power, or take bribes. Call said one eight hundred seventy one hundred law. That's one eight hundred seventy one hundred five two nine. You know they had that uh, we talked about it last week. What was going on in the gay marriages, and they have that judge that came out with whether or not he was going to allow same sex marriages, and of course the federal law or the federal judge at the time was deciding what to do. But now he comes back with a federal judge ruled on Thursday to allow these same-sex couples to marry in California starting on August 18th and handing another victory. Some would say a very close held victory to the supporters of gay rights in a case that both sides really have said will probably end up in the Supreme Court. You know, that... And that is really where many things uh, should go. You know what I mean? Don't you think that we should have a sense or some organizational, I guess it would be some uniformity with something as important as whether or not gays should get married. And yet others would say it should be left up to the states. Every state should have a right to say, whether or not people should get married in that state if they're a certain, uh, a certain sexual orientation. So if you want to call and you want to talk about that call set, 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130 there in Detroit or online at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. But this judge, it's really, it was a high profile case and it was watched closely by you know, many different supporters and opponents of same-sex marriage. They say, basically, it's going to make the way to the Supreme Court because it you need a landmark decision. You need something to at least give these states guidance on what to do. Same-sex marriage is legal now in five states and in the District of Columbia, and there's different things that are called civil unions that are allowed in states like New Jersey. I don't know if you know the states that you can get married on these uh, same-sex, but it's Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, Iowa, and New Hampshire. So all those that uh, deem it important to be married on the with same-sex should go to those states right now. Get off your butt. Go there right now and get married because just like California, you never know when it's going to be taken away from you. That's unbelievable, isn't it? You can get married and then a judge can say they can uh, pass a law saying, nah, we decided now we're going to invalidate your marriage. We're going to take away your spousal rights. We're not going to let you get health care to take care of your family and your spouse. We're not going to let you have survivor benefits so that your family can't be taken care of, even though you just adopted two kids. It's amazing how they can retroactively Go back and do that. So Proposition 8 in California has really seen a long seesaw of rulings, and let's just hope that they can get that under control. But if you want to join us and at least talk about whether or not you think they should have repealed the Proposition 8 or they should allow those same-sex marriages, call us at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. You know, I read in the news today, I, I mean, I really have to feel about how, how I feel about this. As a criminal defense attorney for 20 years, there's a, there is a, a rule, there's a law that when you're convicted of a criminal sexual conduct, a rape charge, as it were, around the country, or any type of sexual contact that they deem where they want you to register and what we basically called Megan's Law out in California, out, out west. And now most states have that same kind of law where if you're convicted as a sex offender, you have to register, you have to do it for a long period of time. You can't be near schools, a whole range of different, you might say, um, important requirements to keep tabs on people that are convicted of that. But it really becomes a scarlet letter. And the reason I bring it up is because they have the, a worker in, uh, in Mississippi, who was working to help clean up for BP. You know, BP was trying to basically get anybody possible, spend any amount of money, legitimate at least, to try and get people to help clean up this huge environmental mess. And so they're basically taking anybody possible. They just weren't doing the background checks. And what happened was you had uh, a worker come in there that wasn't screened, and then now is being accused of rape. And it turns out he was an unregistered sex offender. CNN late rates that it's a lack of screening of the oil spill cleanup worker that meant a sex offender got the job and left him free to rape a colleague, according to the Mississippi County Sheriff. You know, it brings up a subject. Should every employer, one, do a background check of every employee and if they don't, are they responsible for the criminal acts of those employees? I mean, that's really a question of what happened with BP. You want to join the conversation, call us at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. But should BP have done that? Do You think they should have had a background check? I don't know. It's a question whether or not Should everybody be, should their past follow them so they can never get a job again? I mean, you might say that a sex offender should be known and so an employer should choose whether or not they have to or can or should hire them. Can you use that as a way to get around hiring them? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they have a policy in Mississippi or if BP has a policy of not hiring people with crimes. But I can tell you that most employers today do background checks. And if you're denied the right to work because you're convicted of a crime, the question is, should that employer be able to not hire you? You know, we're joined today in the studio by a special guest, Audrey, my mother, who's in town. It's very nice to see you. Well, Audrey, my welcome. Pleasure. She's coming in here from Boca. So we want to get her perspective. You know, you get a different generational perspective of that. Where someone in your generation, you know, they didn't do background checks. I mean, they didn't do, when someone was back in, you know, 1960s looking for a job in, in a, in a uh, auto industry, they didn't do your criminal check. I don't know if they could have done your criminal no, check no, to go get it.
0: No, never but to, did.
2: But today, do you think they should do criminal checks on people looking for jobs? And even in this market, let's face it, it's hard enough to get a job, period, let alone if you've got a, even a misdemeanor, let alone a felony passed. Do you think that they should have those kind of blockages to get a job today?
0: Let me give you an example. In Florida, they have, Florida is a peninsula, an island. And they have bridges that go across the waterways from the city of Miami into all of the quote-unquote suburbs. And since they have this law that they can only be, that a sex offender can only be within a certain limit of schools and parks, nobody will give them apartments. So they now live under the bridges. Hundreds of them well, it's live amazing. under the bridges. Just
2: think about that. I mean, I'm you know everybody would listen to, and then say, well, who wants a sex offender live next to you? Yeah, I don't. You know, but you know what? You can be convicted of a crime, and I've been I've represented people for years that aren't dangerous. They're not dangerous. It's in you know uh, an 18 year old who had a 15 year old a senior who had a freshman girlfriend. He gets convicted of a criminal sexual conduct and have to register for 25 years. Because he had a tryst that, quite frankly, in your generation and in my generation, it was never prosecuted no, never. to have those kind of relationships. Yeah. And now you walk around life with a scarlet letter. I'm not saying that this sex offender, this idiot who's you know got the job uh, for BP, shouldn't have had to register and should have um, not. I don't know if he committed the crime. The question is, should we, should we label people like that And then if we do and we've decided you should, should it prevent employers, should it prevent them from getting jobs as employers? Because clearly it is. It is stopping people from getting jobs. What you're saying, even in Florida, is stopping people from being able to get a place to live.
0: They have no place to live. So the state of Florida now has designated certain apartment buildings in some of the older neighborhoods for them to live. But the people surrounding those neighborhoods have been picketing so that they can't live there. so where are they right back under the bridges again? So they're basically homeless.
2: You want to join the conversation you can join uh, join us at two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty that's two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty. We got uh, Ken. what do you got to say about Ken? Do you think they should they should actually um, be able to uh, employers stop? people that are committed of crimes, let alone sex offense crimes, any kind of crime, from having jobs?
1: Well, let me speak from personal experience. Since I'm a fired whistleblower, and this has been haunting me for 10 years, and I, I, I have not been able to acquire gainful employment because of this. And uh, what the uh, my opponents did to silence me was trump up phony criminal charges, misdemeanors.
2: Where was that, here or in Florida?
1: No, in Michigan. In Michigan. Uh, Pretty local, yeah. And uh, I I have I've been turned down for one job after another, especially in the public sector, who are really up on this stuff. You know, you talk about background checks. Well, they 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 really go in into great detail. You know, they not only just a local police department, they probably do it nationwide. Yeah. But I've been in interviews where they brought up the specifics of my situation
2: because you were whistleblower.
1: Wrong. They didn't care
2: because you were because Jen. Yeah, because you
1: were
2: you were accused of a crime, or because
1: of a whistleblower? They they trumped up a crime to to silence me, uh, you know, as a whistleblower.
2: Did you did you fight
1: this. They called me. Well, let me be real clear about it. I was called. I was accused of stalking by defamation, even though every word that I published was absolutely true. They still called it stalking.
2: And did you did you have an attorney represent you? What did you do? Did you fight it in court?
1: Well, you know what that's that's questionable whether I actually had an attorney or not. I did have an attorney in one in one of the cases. I did the other one was a a appointed public defender who just didn't do anything.
2: Well, let's not use names in terms of who. A
1: judge who's their crony. I mean, you got no chance.
2: Well, you know, it it goes back to one of the things that we do here is we talk about people's rights. And you know, listen, there are excellent public defenders and court-appointed attorneys. There are excellent uh, attorneys that you can hire. The problem is knowing which one. Yeah, you know, there really is. It's knowing which one.
1: Well, you know, many you times, no
2: you know, when you don't... The
1: color of justice in Michigan is green, just like, what you know, what the lawyer, DeFormo, uh, Johnny Cochran said. The color of justice is green. And the color of injustice is also green. Yeah. If you're up against an opponent that is willing to spend millions, like my opponents have, and they have literally spent millions, because if, if ever what I know actually comes out in, in the public media, it's going to make the Detroit whistleblower case look like child's play. I mean, we're talking about what was I blowing a whistle on? You're talking about sex offenders. I was reporting sex offenders within a school district. Yeah. Now, the people that were in charge of that who would be responsible, held responsible for that, well, of course, they don't want that to get out. Right. So they pull out all the stops.
2: Well, I mean, thanks for calling, Ken. One of the things that I, there's no question about it, that if you have a lot of money, you can get more influence. I mean, if you think of it something different, go knock your head against that wall and try to move that building. I mean, money can carry influence. Now, if it's like what Ken's saying, if you have a lot of money, you can get someone charged with a crime, that if you have a lot of money, you can have... uh, someone convicted of a crime, I don't buy that. I think he's wrong. I mean, he might in his specific situation have gone against a corporation or some entity that had power and influence and made him make complaints and maybe trumped up charges. I'm not saying that's not true. But unless you've got a dirty prosecutor and a judge who's taking bribes like in the movies, you're not, you're going to get justice. Now it gets back to, okay, you need a good lawyer to fight for you. And believe me, there are very good court appointed attorneys. Now there are also court appointed attorneys that don't care. They just, they're there to get an assignment. There are very good retained attorneys. There are also retained attorneys that don't care and that they're there just to make money just like a doctor. They're really good doctors. There's good doctors that work for the free clinic in Detroit that will do a great job because they're committed. And then there's doctors that work in a fancy hospital that are there just for the money. You know, you it's it's your choice when you retain someone to make sure that you pick someone that you trust. When you are indigent or you ask for a court-appointed attorney, it is a luck of the draw that you're going to get someone that really is going to fight hard for you. you want to join the conversation, you call us at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. I don't know whether or not it is rampant in this country that you have the powerful being able to get people charged with crimes. I don't know whether or not it is all over the country. I can tell you specifically in the courts that I practiced in over 20 years, I've never seen ever a prosecutor because they were influenced by a corporation or by a wealthy individual charged simply because that person had money. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying I haven't seen it. I know that you can get influence on the prosecutor and on a judge if you know them, you play golf with them. I'm not saying that you can't have some kind of influence on it, but I haven't seen that personal graph. But then it gets back to our question of the day. Do people in power, whether it's prosecutors, mayors, judges, is there too much temptation for them to have that kind of, To make those kind of choices. Does greed come into it? Does greed get to you like it did potentially with Blago? Do people take their influence and try to paddle it and settle it or sell it for the highest bidder? Now, many people would say I'm naive to say that doesn't happen in Michigan or Detroit. And I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying I personally have not seen it with a prosecutor or judge. And believe me, I know all of them now i'm not saying they're not influenced i'm saying i haven't seen them take it you know are they going to find that with blago the jury's out this jury can't come back and decide what to do did you read about it they've got now they only decided on two counts but they've got 24 counts so what does that mean for blago what does that mean for rob lagoyevich the may the former governor of an entire state where this jury can't decide and whether or not he committed a crime. They made this whole blown process. Millions and millions of our tax dollars, well, at least Illinois' tax dollars. No, it's federal. Our federal tax dollars to prosecute this guy on something that probably has been done by every government official, legally or illegally, this is the beginning of time. When they get power, they want to be able to make something of it. Now, does that go back to our argument prosecutors and judges are paid off to do things no because you got to have a specific instance of of graft of someone paying you off like they do in uh, like they had in new jersey where the mayor of hoboken like we talked about before the mayor of hoboken took a bribe took many bribes and now he's going to federal prison mayor former mayor peter Camar- camarano he's only 33 years old was sentenced to by the US judge to 24 months in prison for illegally accepting $25,000 in bribes. The so you go find an instance where that government official boom took cash, took the green in order to do something. Then I will I will agree with you. You you got someone that can show that that prosecutor took cash, took a bribe in order to charge someone that that judge took it then I'll agree with you. But until you point that out to me, I'm telling you, I I haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen mayors do it. <laughs> I've seen, it sounds like they're saying governors, but they didn't show that that Blago. You show me the green that Blago took. Go ahead, call me and tell me. 248-848-1130, where you got proof that Rob Blagojevich, that they proved that he took the cash... And therefore he should be convicted. Oh, I know they're saying he's going to. I know they were saying that he was they stopped him before he actually sold the seat. But I got news for you. You go look that up, that was prevent Jesse Jackson from getting in that seat. That's why they did it. That's my opinion, the powers of be. This isn't a political show, but I'm telling you, in terms of why they did it, they didn't want him in there. And they so they they got him uh they got him out. They outed him. Not the gay marriage thing. They outed him of the Ill of, of of Illinois because they didn't want who they didn't want to be the senator. You disagree, you call me at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. We're going to go to a break and when we come back I want you to think about this. I want you to tell me do you feel that the Government officials, are they in too much temptation? Are they have too much power in order to have, in order to have not taken bribes? Does their greed overtake them? I want you to call me. I want you to tell me two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty. This is Scott Weinberg on. Crime Time Live. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and keep your record clean? Hi, I'm attorney Scott Weinberg, host of Crime Time Live. Heard Saturday mornings, 11 to 12 noon on 1310 WDTW. Call my office anytime to protect your rights at 1-800 No Jail The Number One, or go to our website at 1-800 No Jail We have payment plans for everyone's budget. There should never be a price on protecting your rights. Call 1-800 No. Jail and the number one right now.